because of what I just described with my 50 mile experience and what you described with your marathon experience that if we're running and especially if we're racing, we're going to experience mental struggles. And we know that a lot of times, even when there's physical issues, it's the mental game that that we need to pull on. It's the mental mental strength that we want to go into. So learning how to do that in the calmness of a seated meditation practice, number one, is really amazing. It's kind of like learning how to practice martial arts. You don't go into a fight learning how to do it. If you are constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week, we help a runner just like you learn how to consistently get in your mental clearing miles and even hit PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Most runners spend an enormous amount of time not running for one reason. They keep getting injured. Now imagine if you could have the structure of exactly what exercises, how much to run, and what you should be eating to get faster as a runner. Spark off your winter running with a four-month strong body transformation. This is one-on-one individualized healthy runner coaching to grow a stronger, injury-free body so you can run for stress relief all winter long. What will you get by the end of the 16 weeks? a strong running body so you can actually feel confident, healthy, and running faster this spring, even if you don't think you're a fast runner. Oh, and did I mention, this will also take away your worry of getting injured. Spots are limited, so apply using the link in the show notes before they run away. Does meditation help with running? Can meditation help you run faster? You may be a runner who laces up your shoes for the simple reason of getting in that mental clearing run to help you manage stress, improve your mood, and stay healthy. Or it could literally be the only time in your chaotic day that you have time to yourself. Welcome to episode 151 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Happy Thanksgiving to you all, as the sign behind me says, in all things give thanks, and I am extremely grateful and thankful for you tuning into this episode today. And today's guest is Rebecca Doring, who is a runner, a meditation teacher, yoga instructor, and personal transformation coach. She helps people overcome daily stress and manage their inner critic so that they can get to know who they really are and go after and achieve the goals they want. 
a lifelong hiker and athlete. Rebecca always longed to know what it felt like to be a runner, but didn't think she could after slow and painful experiences running in high school. I think we can all relate to that. Uh, years later, she discovered Couch to 5K and eventually Atomic Habits by James Clear and learned how to become a runner. Now she's in love with trail running and finds a beautiful opportunity to blend with yoga and meditation. Uh, Rebecca is also the host of the Deep Rooted Bliss podcast and the creator of the online meditation and self-development membership, Daily Roots. Thank you so much for accepting my invite to come on the show today, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. I feel it's such an honor to be here. Oh, guys. So in this episode, um, Rebecca is really going to teach us about what, why, and how we can introduce meditation into our training as runners. Um, she will cover the benefits of meditation for runners, as well as take us through an example of what a short meditation session actually sounds like. So you can get a little taste tester um, for yourself. So this is going to be fun. Um, Rebecca, on the show, we always start with a little dynamic warm up like we would uh, before our runs to kind of get our bodies going. So I gave kind of your formal introduction, but if you can just tell the listeners, you know, where you do call home and give us a little bit backstory on how you really got to this point in your running journey as well as your career. Yeah, sure. So I call home um, Cornwall, Connecticut. And so I'm in the northwest corner of Connecticut, and I'm about a mile away from the Appalachian Trail, which I'm so grateful for. So there's lots of opportunity for hiking and running right where I am. I, like you mentioned in my intro, I was not a runner in high school. I was not a runner for a long time. I had painful experiences in high school of never running before and then being expected to do a one-mile run without any, any alignment training, nothing. And so then it just hurt. I was really slow and super embarrassed and walked away from that experience believing that I am a, I can't be a runner. I'm too slow and it hurts too much for me. And yet inside, I had a desire to know what it felt like to be a runner. I would look at my friends who were runners and I would see I, this, this sense of freedom that I imagined that they would feel in their body, this sense of strength and connection and freedom and oneness with their surroundings that I just longed to know what that felt like, not from the perspective of me who was not a runner and it was terribly painful and embarrassing, but from the perspective of a runner. And so that desire kind of just always pulled me towards running, even though I didn't make any logical sense. My, my mind had a lot of evidence telling me the contrary that, no, that's not for you. You're not, you're not good enough for that. You're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. You're not whatever enough. And over the years, I tried it a few times, like, like you mentioned in Couch to 5K, which that showed me that, wait a second, you're not supposed to just go from not being a runner to being a runner instantly. Your body needs to learn how to do that and learn how to do that well and have better form and ease into it. And so I started to feel what it could feel like to run without having to stop. But my mind wasn't there yet. My mind was still in that place of doubting myself, not believing in myself, believing me to be this slow, painful, you know, non-athletic person, even though I actually was pretty athletic. But then 
at kind of switching over into my career, I stumbled into the personal and spiritual development world, becoming a meditation teacher, a yoga teacher, doing a lot of personal development and started really managing my own mind and learning how to clear out those stories that hold us back. Those, those stories about ourselves and about, about the world that cloud our vision of who we are, what we're capable of, and what the world is around us. And so that enabled me to come back to the running desire, that old desire. And it was pandemic when there was nothing else to do. Decided to pick up that couch to 5K again and literally ran back and forth in my driveway and got to a point where I could run without having to stop again. And then I simultaneously worked on shifting my identity and shifting into becoming a runner internally inside of my mind and believing that me, Rebecca Doring, can be a runner. And through that, I was able to release a lot of those stories and discover that I actually loved it. So I joined a, a road running club and um, it was fantastic. And I started to immerse myself among other runners, even though I felt like I didn't belong at first and realized that they all are totally welcoming. And they're like, no, 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 anyone can come in. Please come join us. We just want we just want more people. We want to have a good time. And there I met uh, a good friend of mine now, Nicole, who was a trail runner or is a trail runner. And she, as part of her training, would go out for hiking hikes every week. And she invited me to go hiking with her since I was an avid hiker at the time. And as we were hiking, then she started telling me about trail running and telling me about these big races that she'd done. And I was so blown away. And the same thing happened that inside that desire nudged at me. She was telling me about a 50-mile race that she did. And I was like, 50 miles? That's insane. How does any one human being do that in one day? And I felt that same pattern, that inner desire that was like, I want to know what that feels like. I want to do that. And then the mental story saying, you can't do that. Are you crazy? You you could you were never a runner in high school. Like you only just started being able to run. How is this possible? But then through doing the same process, and she also believed in me. She's like, no, if you follow the training plan, it's totally possible. So uh, then over the last two years, I, I worked towards that. And I did actually run my, my 50 mile race this year in September. Oh my goodness. And yeah, congratulations to you. Um, I heard about that on your podcast and yeah, that's, that's huge. That's, that's very big. And I'm sure there's so many runners out there that can relate to your story of having those negative thoughts and not believing they are a runner. Right. And I didn't call myself a runner, you know, till probably three or four years into my adult onset running journey myself. And, you know, that is common uh, that we, we do doubt ourselves, but it sounds like you really, you know, had this, you know, awakening moment where you did start actually believing that Rebecca Doring can be a runner. And yeah. um, I just love how, you know, you've kind of blended that into kind of what you're doing now from a professional standpoint, because I did hear on your show that um, you were originally in the culinary world, huh? Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is like probably totally different, right, from what you do now, because I would imagine in the culinary world, it's like super fast pace. I would imagine like very like go, 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 go. Um you know, versus, you know, what you're doing now and how you're helping folks um, with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's really interesting because I had a dream of becoming a pastry chef 
in eighth grade, like my eighth grade graduation, I got a KitchenAid mixer, which I still have. And it was like a dream that I thought for sure was going to be my my destiny. And it was a very fast-paced, high-stress world that thrived on perfectionism, which I very much embodied. And it was a lot of those mental stories telling me, okay, this isn't good enough. This isn't perfect enough. This isn't, you need to be faster. You need to be, you know, more precise, whatever the stories were. And I, that was actually a huge gift for me because it taught me a lot of resilience going to culinary school, taught me how to be a hard worker, taught me how to navigate those things. But yeah, now it's a complete opposite that I found like the, the contrast of that, the, the struggle that that provided me of the the inner stories and the not enoughness and all of that propelled me into the world that I'm in now. I'm really grateful for it. Yeah. And it is just so nice to hear, you know, people's backstory. Um, I've been talking about this a lot and a lot of the guests that we've had on the show recently. And it, it, it you know, you just like so many others, you know, you've kind of pivoted and you've changed what you originally thought you were going to be doing. And I think there's so much that, you know, many out there can relate to in your story. Um, and, you know, the reason why I uh, invited you to come on the show was because I did hear you on the Inspired Souls podcast. So um, Carolyn Coffin and Kim Senecal are friends of the Healthy Runner podcast, and they've been on the show before. And you know, I listened to that episode uh, shortly after, and I shared this once or twice on the podcast, not a lot. So for those um, who haven't listened to every episode, this might be new news to you. But um, last spring, I had kind of a little cardiac scare. And, you know, it turns out after like, you know, a full day in like the chest pain center at Yale, um, you know, it was a panic attack. And, you know, I heard your episode shortly thereafter where I really realized that, okay, Dwayne, like you're going to literally burn yourself into the ground if you keep going at 1000%, right? So, you know, my actual therapist had recommended, you know, meditation um, as a way to kind of start to shut things down and um, be able to do more self-care right? Things mm -hmm. and how I actually take care of my body and my mind, my spirit, everything. And I heard your episode and it was like just perfect timing. Um, and also at that time, I was also reading Atomic Habits. And then uh -huh. I know you, when you had mentioned, you know, that book um, by James Clear, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is just weird how, how like the world works and everything's like coming together um, at the same time. So, you know, this has been a long time in the making to have you come on the show and I appreciate your patience. And, you know, I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about, you know, how meditation can be something that we can integrate as runners into, honestly, our training. When we look at training, as you know, for health, our running, um, our life, right? Because if we don't have any of that, then we're not running. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to get into all this. And then before we get into the, kind of the meditation topic, I am curious to hear, you know, so this was a 50 mile race that you did, not a 50K. This was like a 50 mile trail race that you did. Yes. And did yes. you previously ever do like a marathon? Uh, not really, no. Yeah. So how <laughs> did this trail race go for you? It was it was amazing. It was such a journey. Um, there were, interestingly enough, this is actually a really good transition because the biggest struggle that I faced was a mental struggle. 
And my my body did amazingly well, and I'm really excited about that. And but I also realized with these types of races, you know, anything can happen. <laughs> depending on the day, depending on, you know, all the different factors. But in this case, my, my race, I had this planned. I fully did not believe that I could actually do it, even though I knew that there was no way to find out other than just going for it. And I knew that, okay, let's just do this and see what happens. If I don't make it, then I have all this new information and I can take that with me into my training for the next time. But I went into this training where I went into this race prepared for a lot of obstacles, prepared for all the physical things, prepared for all the all the nutrition and the hydration and all of that stuff. And everything was move, going very smoothly. And then I think I had miscalculated on calories a little bit, which sent me into a mental low that then just hung on. And my whole body was feeling incredible during this one moment where there was like very little pain. I felt a lot of uh, capability to run, yet my mind was in a super dark place. And in that time, I'm so grateful for all of my meditation practice and all of the work that I do because I used it 100% to go into that moment fully, get through it, but also enjoy it at the same time, which I think only a runner can understand <laughs> that in that those dark places, there is a, a there is space to enjoy that as well. And that really enabled me to do it. And it wasn't until about maybe mile 47 when I realized that I could actually do this thing. And so then in that moment, then my spirit started lifting and, and my body felt even stronger. And, and about like the last, actually the last five miles, I felt the best. And it was such a joy and such a high. And I was so grateful at the end for having pushed through that low or made, made it through that low so that I could discover all of the joy and all of the abundance and all of the belief in myself on the other side. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations to you. That's just very remarkable. And it is, you know, I think there's so many of us runners that can relate to when we have those low points in a race. Um, and then we get the negative thoughts that creep in our head and start questioning things. Um, I just recently did my first marathon in five years at Hartford uh, this year, and I had some struggles um, that were more physical struggles um, going on with my GI system that has never happened at a race, um, mm. which in reflection was some underlying anxiety that was happening that I didn't realize. And, you know, I wasn't nervous for the race and I felt prepared and all of that I put in the training. Um, but it did wreak havoc on my GI system. And I had to, you know, be able to pull from some of the strategies and from some of the, the novice work that I've been getting into um, in terms of kind of, you know, mental strategies and um, mindset and meditation. And that's really what got me through the whole race. Um, so mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't my physical capabilities. It was definitely more the mental um you know, tips, strategies, tricks, everything that I was kind of pulling on and the mental strength that I was kind of implementing in my training um, that pulled me through that. So yeah, kudos to you. That's, that's pretty amazing though. Thank you so much. Yeah. Will, will I, you go back for seconds is the question. Yes, I will. You will? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I mean, it's now almost two months later and I definitely 100% I'll go back. If you asked me the day after, I would have said, I, I don't know. 
I don't know about this, but yeah, now I definitely have want to do another one next year. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so let's get into this meditation, um, and running topic. And if you had, if I asked this question, um, nine months ago, a year ago, I honestly wouldn't have known the answer. So I'm sure there are probably many runners right now who um, don't really know what meditation is. So what is meditation actually? Yeah, I love this question because we hear about meditation a lot in, especially right now with the mental health discussion that's going on. We hear that word thrown around a lot. But what meditation is, is it's simply using your focus to bring your mind into a different state, to bring your mind into a different state of consciousness, which then in turn bring, in turn brings your physiological state into a different state, a more relaxed state. So it's using your mind to do so rather than listening to music or, you know, we have there's a lot of misconception about what meditation is and is not that a lot of us believe that, oh, just, you know, sitting and coloring is is meditating or what I hear probably the most is from the running community that, oh, running is my meditation. And there is a difference um, in here, which we'll go into a little bit more in a little while, I imagine. But um, we can run mindfully, but that's not the same as a meditation, where a meditation, we're giving the mind a chance to bring our physical state into a state of relaxation, which we can't be in a state of relaxation while we're running. So it's a key difference. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So we're using the mind to really allow the body to essentially go into this relaxation state and pretty much yeah. kind of shut down um, a little bit if we're like me, like always on the go, go, go. Um, as my mom said, when I was younger, I always had ants in my pants. Um, mm -hmm. So always, always on the go. And yeah, I would agree with some of my introductory practice into this world. It has been super helpful at doing that and allowing things to actually like shut down and um, start to unwind a little bit. Um, so why would meditation be good for runners specifically? Yeah, I mean, especially with my more recent experience with running, I fully believe that meditation for runners is so incredible if we give ourselves the opportunity to learn how to do it and to realize that it can be for us, especially since I think the running community might be more type A, more go, 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 more fast paced, busier mind, all of those things that seem to be in such contradiction to what we might believe meditation to be, this like zen, relaxed, you know, slow process. Meditation is actually incredible for runners because of what I just described with my 50 mile experience and what you described with your marathon experience that if we're running and especially if we're racing, we're going to experience mental struggles. And we know that a lot of times, even when there's physical issues, it's the mental game that, that we need to pull on. It's the mental, mental strength that we want to go into. So learning how to do that in the calmness of a seated meditation practice, number one, is really amazing. It's kind of like learning how to practice martial arts. You don't go into a fight learning how to do it. 
Instead, you go into the calmness of a martial art studio and you learn the moves and you get practiced at the moves and the calmness and the peace of that environment. And then come time for a fight, your body just does it. So in that sense, practicing taking your focus from somewhere else like a wandering mind and bringing it into a specific focus like your breath or your body and doing that over and over again while you're seated is one way to strengthen that muscle so that when you're in the heat of a race and your mind is wandering, questioning everything, telling you you're not going to be able to do this, you can say, okay, I hear you. Now we're going to instead focus on this. We're going to shift gears. We're not going to let those thoughts control and sabotage the outcome of this moment. Secondly, is that the most basic benefits, the most basic way to describe what meditation does is that it releases stress in the simplest of terms. Every time you sit down, close your eyes and begin to meditate, your body gets to work on releasing built-up stress. And when we have built up stress, that creates patterns in the body, oftentimes in like the physical body, our muscles, our tissues, right? If you think about a time when we're really stressed or we're really upset, chances are our posture is affected. You know, shoulders are hiked up near the ears. If we get into a fight, then our body's rounded over, like protecting our chest. And those, that stress gets stored in the tissues. And then that pattern can be, affect us when we're trying to run. And then when we're running in this imbalanced pattern, not in you know better alignment, then we're more likely to have injury. So just in that sense, we're able to release these, these patterns of stress on the body so that we're free to run in a natural way. And that sounds amazing <laughs> for runners, right? And I think you are right in your assertion, at least many of the runners I come in contact with are typically type A and we like following plans and we like getting achievements, whether it is we ran faster, we hit a PR, we ran the longest distance we've ever run. We like seeing numbers in like a training plan. And um, I, I do think that it helps kind of ground us a little bit um, and maybe take a little bit of that kind of perfectionism back and and start to appreciate things a little bit more as well as allow you to not be as stressed and make sure you can deal with adversity that we get as runners and just like my marathon experience just like your um, experience as you said and there are so many others um so yeah they and, you know, again, just being a, a rookie here, I'll call myself into, you know, starting to implement meditation. Um, it definitely does help feel better, right? You feel less stress and it is tough because it's always that, and I always find myself struggling with this. Um, maybe you can give me some tips that you give your clients um, is you have X, Y, and Z to do on your to-do list and time is ticking, right? And you, so do you take the the time out to meditate because i'll always tell you and i haven't yet integrated this into my work day and i know it would be beneficial for me because every time i do my meditation as i start my wind down routine at night now um i feel better and i'm like 
I should probably like do that during the day because I'm sure it'd like reset me where I'd have such better mental clarity. But honestly, it hasn't happened yet because I'm always like in a time crunch and running from this, you know, appointment to this appointment and or, you know, everything's kind of scheduled out. Do you have any tips for that? Yes, yes, 100%. You're you're not alone. This is such a normal <laughs> experience. And it's it's interesting. So the first thing that I want to offer is that we experience different we we experience time differently depending on if we are in a stressed state or in a calm state. So when we are in a stressed state, we experience time in a more of a scarce way. So if you think about <clears throat> Uh, even just experiencing moments where if your hand is on the on a hot stove and you pull the hand off the hot stove, that that one split second can feel like the longest split second versus a time when you're really enjoying and you're relaxing. Time kind of just slips away. If you're lost in a flow state, if you're a creative person and you like to play music or, or paint, time kind of just melts away. And so time itself, it, even though we believe it to be linear, is not necessarily. We just experience it differently depending on what, where we are inside. So the biggest way to feel like you have more time is to sit for a meditation practice. Now, the, the logical mind will fight with you and say, no, no, no. I have all these tasks to do and they all take this much time. Sitting for 5 to 10 to 20 minutes and not doing anything is not productive. I can't, I can't do that. So instead, what I use to speak to that logical piece of my brain in that moment is to ask myself, if I sit down for even five minutes, how will that benefit the rest of the day, my experience of the rest of the day? And this is a tricky question to ask to answer when you're first getting started in your meditation practice because you haven't yet experienced personally the good effects of it. But the moment you do, <clears throat> excuse me, the moment you do, then stick that into your brain. And remember, like you were just saying, that when you meditate at night, you feel so much better. So when you're when that logical brain comes in and says, we don't have time for this, say, hey, how will it feel to get through this really busy schedule feeling better versus feeling stressed right now? Well, that might be more enjoyable. That might propel me to sit down. And B, what if I then feel like I have more time because I'm in a more calm state and I can relax and I can see things clearly and I can be more focused and get more things done. I kind of just make a case to that part of my brain. I, I prove with evidence and uh, arguments to that part of my brain saying, no, 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 this is, this is going to be good for us. This will make me us feel so much better. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I hear you 100% and I hope that I can implement that into uh, my schedule. And um, this is something that we actually talked about in a previous episode. Um, I had on a guest <laughs> that really um, talked about self-care for runners. And Amy Mangueta, you know, she had talked about taking baby steps, right? And not needing to be perfect. Because again, right, like our perfectionism, like we want to like master it. We want to like crush it, right? We want to, you know, do this meditation thing. So I'm trying to have grace with myself and the fact that I have implemented, even if it is only some days, maybe it's been like two or three minutes, but five or 10 minutes is the most that I've done so far at night um, as I wind down. And hopefully I will be able to implement that into my 
midday practice as well. So stay tuned. I'll have to follow up with you to see how I'm doing there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, so how do we actually, you know, meditate? Like what do we need to do to meditate? Yeah. So the way to meditate is I always love to equate it to the physical, especially to runners. But if you think about going to the gym and you first start lifting weights, you're, you don't have the strength to go after the big, the big weights just yet. You go for the, the small weights. And every time you lift a weight, you're building strength in that muscle. Then gravity is going to kick in. You lower the weight down. Then you lift the weight up. The same thing applies to meditation. We're just strengthening a different muscle. We're strengthening our muscle of focus. And so we all know that we have an awareness, right? The, the awareness tends to naturally go towards the loudest thing. So if there's a bang in a cafeteria, then all the heads whip over to that loud sound, right? If your mind is telling you of all the things you have to do today, then your focus is going to be there. If there's a pain in your body, your focus is just going to be there. So what we do in meditation is to take that focus on the thing that's loudest and then bring it to something simple, an object to focus on, such as the feeling of your breath or the feeling of your body. And then something loud is going to distract you. A thought or a sensation or a distraction in your envi environment is going to pull your focus away, and then you bring it back. So it does not matter that your focus went away. In fact, it's actually good because it provides an opportunity to build the strength. Just like if you were just to hold a weight in your arm at a top of a bicep curl and just hold it there, you're not really building a lot of strength. The way you build strength is to let it release and then pull it up. So the same thing with meditation. Every time your mind wanders, it gives you an opportunity to strengthen your focus and bring your attention back. Hmm. I like that. I like that. And that does make me feel better as someone who does have that mind that is always thought here, thought there, right? And is constantly going, I feel like. Um, so again, just having some grace with yourself that, hey, this is kind of normal. And hopefully over time, I can strengthen that focus and strengthen that focus muscle, we'll call it, um, yeah. to kind of stay in that like present state. Well, and also a second piece to this that's really important to understand is that the second we sit down and meditate, like I mentioned, the body starts to release stress. And when it's releasing stress or tension, that stimulates the nervous system. And when our nervous system is st stimulated, we think a lot. So Every time you sit down and meditate, you might start to focus on the breath and think, okay, this feels kind of nice. Like, all right, I can do this. I'm starting to feel a little calm. And then you get a wave of thought and your mind is taken away and you're thinking about your to-do list or what you're going to have for lunch that day or, or whatever. And then you're thinking, oh no, like I'm not meditating anymore. But what just happened was you sat down, started to feel good. Your body was releasing stress, which stimulated your nervous system, triggering a wave of thought. So that wave of thought means that you just released stress. You are lighter now. You did the practice correctly. And now mm. your job is to then bring your focus back to the breath so that you can release more stress. And so the difference between a thought-filled meditation, one where your mind is just racing the whole time, and a deep meditation where it's more calm and, and focused 
It's just a matter of how much stress there is to release. And once you've released enough stress, then it'll get quiet. I have thought-filled meditations now, and I have deep meditations now. It just depends on how much stress I'm carrying around. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it doesn't necessarily correlate that you're you're going to, as you continue to practice, that you're never going to have like thought-filled meditations, that even you, right, an expert in this area, like you continue to have thought-filled meditations. And it just relates to the level of stress that you're currently undergoing. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Time to take a real quick break. And before I say any more, I truly hope the message so far today has benefited you either from a running or health standpoint. Staying in line with that theme, I wanted to take this opportunity to share with you a brand new exciting partnership with Naboso, which is a company that is dedicated to redefining what's underneath your feet so you can feel more to move better as a runner. From a movement prep before your runs to foot recovery after those hard speed workouts or long runs, Naboso's Textured Products lets your senses guide you and connects you to your exercises and your running by strengthening your feet and helping you recover from your runs. Want to learn more on how you as a runner can activate, strengthen, and recover from running? Listen to episode 116 on this podcast to learn from Naboso founder, podiatrist, and human movement specialist, Dr. Emily Splickle herself. We had a value-packed episode learning how she took her conventional podiatric medical degree and combined it with years of experience and expertise in human movement and sensory science to found Naboso. Dr. Emily shared with us the importance of foot stability for runners. What is sensory stimulation? The benefits of toe spacers and barefoot training for running. There's so much value in this episode, so be sure to go back and queue up episode 116 on the Healthy Runner podcast to listen to during your next long run to learn more about Naboso. I personally have always battled a mild case of plantar fasciitis and have been using the Neuroball to get out those hard-to-reach trigger points in my deep foot muscles that foot rollers just frankly don't reach and get to. I have also been a big fan of the toe spacers for the past 10 years, but have yet to find a pair that is actually flexible as comfortable and that I can tolerate for hours to help realign my toes and stretch the small muscles in my foot. This has been clutch, honestly, for my claw toes that I have and helping my plantar fasciitis. I just love doing 10 minutes of elevation with my Naboso splay on after a long run. Naboso's recovery socks are like your traditional running compression socks, but they are the first ever that stimulate your nervous system and enhance movement with their patented textured surface on the inside of the sock. Matter of fact, as I'm reading this right now, I have on my Naboso splay toe spacers and I couldn't imagine my feet tolerating the hard half marathon training I am doing right now without some of these great products at Naboso. Learn more about how Naboso's Texture products connect you to your exercises and your running by strengthening your feet and helping you recover from your runs. Since you're a part of our Healthy Runner community, you will get 20% off all of your orders. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order using the special link we have in our show notes. Go ahead and give Naboso a try and your feet will thank you for it. I know mine already have. Now let's get back into this episode. All right. So 
you alluded to this before, and I get this a lot when um, you know runners reach out to me. I work with um, primarily runners who are struggling with a common injury such as IT band syndrome, plantar fasciitis, and you know I always make sure before you know they're ready to invest in working with me and getting kind of the structure, support, accountability, all of that to get over their injury and back to running. I ask them like, why is running important to you? And the overwhelming response is that most runners say, well, I just love running and either they need to get out there four days a week to get in their mental clearing runs, to relieve stress. Um, it's their you know mental sanity time that it's the only time that they're alone, right? Especially for busy working moms. Um, and you know, I also get that, you know, running is my meditation and you alluded to that before that it is different, right. Than kind of true meditation. So can you actually meditate during a run? Mm. This is a great question. And I'm so excited to chat about this that, yeah. So there are immense stress relief that comes from running. Like we know this and there's a difference between running and meditating versus running mindfully. And so when we experience those moments that feel like a meditative state in that you're in the flow and maybe the world gets a little quiet and maybe you feel a little more one with your body or your surroundings or the stress that your mind was focusing on just melts away, that would be more a flow state. That would be more a mindful state. And mindfulness is a type of meditation in that you can meditate using a mindfulness technique, but then we can be mindful out in our activities, which basically means that we're not lost in the past or the future. We're here in this moment. We're present. We're mindful about this moment. We're aware of the aroma or the sensations of our body or the feeling of this moment. We're aware acutely of this moment. And so that's that's the, the mindful practice that I find is an amazing and very be beneficial thing to use intentionally in a run where I think if we don't realize that we have that power, we might go out for a run hoping to get into that state and fall into it, but we can do it intentionally. And through me guiding you all through a meditation in a little bit, we'll I'll explain a little bit more about how to do that in your run. Um, but the difference between a seated meditation and a running meditation is just that when we're seated and meditating, you have the ability to take your physical body into a state of relaxation where you don't have that ability when you're running. So that's why when we say like, oh, running is my meditation, it's not really. It's kind of like me sitting in my meditation practice visualizing myself running and saying, oh, my meditation practice is my running workout. It You would think like, okay, well, you're not really getting the full benefits of it <laughs> if you're sitting there thinking that just imagining it is the same. So having both is, I think, really beneficial for a runner. But at the very least, starting with some mindful practices while you're running can be an amazing entry point. And furthermore, which kind of brings me to this one more point that I had meant to share earlier, is that one of the best reasons to meditate as a runner is so that you can enjoy running more. 
like as simple as that. You can enjoy the whole experience, enjoy the moment, enjoy your body, enjoy why you're out there in the first place. Find joy in the hard moments too and just experience, uh, have a richer, fuller experience. I love it and have some, you know, gratitude almost for what you are going through, whether it is a hard run, an easy run, it's a gorgeous day outside or it's pouring rain and you're sopping wet, right? Um, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So I would love, love um, for you to give us an example of, you know, meditating and, you know, is this something that we're going to do as a seated practice or could someone do this during a run? Yeah. So I would love to guide you through something that we'll do seated together since we're both sitting. Mm -hmm. And for anyone listening, if you happen to be sitting and listening to this, then do it, try it out seated and just see what it's like. But I also encourage you to try out listening to this while you're running. So if you're running right now, then come back and listen to this when you're seated. But see what it's like to be guided through a more mindful experience while you're running. So this can be both. This can be the meditation practice that can allow you to release stress and come into a more relaxed state. And then this can be a mindful running experience to help you be more in the present moment, be more in your body and experience your running through that lens. I love it. All right, let's do it. All right. So if you are sitting, uh, the best way to do it is to just sit on a chair, a regular chair. Slide your back up against the chair. Place your feet flat on the floor. Place your hands comfortably in your lap. And what I'm going to do is basically just guide your focus, like we were describing earlier, around your body just to feel. So I'm not asking you to do anything with what you notice. Just become aware. Just observe like you're getting curious about where I'm directing you to. And this will allow you to become a little bit more connected and in tune with your body. So at first, if you don't feel so much, that's okay. Over practice, uh, over time, you'll become more aware of more. So wherever you are, close your eyes. We're going to start by taking three deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. So together, let's breathe in through the nose deeply. Exhale through the mouth with a bit of sound like you're sighing. Again, breathe in a little deeper, maybe a little slower. Exhale, let it go slowly, dragging out the sound. Last time, breathe in as deeply as you can now. Feel the breath coming into your body, expanding your lungs and your abdomen. Exhale, let it all go, allowing your shoulders to melt down your back, the muscles of your jaw to unclench. Close the lips, breathe normally in and out of the nose now, and become aware of the sounds around you, seeking out the most distant sounds. And rather than trying to decipher these sounds, just float from one sound to the next like a radar beam. Bring your attention to closer sounds just around you, the sound of your own body, your breath, maybe your heartbeat. Now become aware of the feeling of your body against the ground, against the chair, the point of contact of your body to the solid ground. Become aware of the feeling of your feet, curiously exploring what you notice about your feet. 
Observe your lower legs, your shins, your calves. If there is discomfort, can you get more curious? Can you describe it in your mind? I notice tightness or heat, coolness, tingliness. Observe your knees. Observe your thighs. Become aware of your hips and your pelvis. The pure sensation of your hips and your pelvis. Become aware of your abdomen. The four walls of your abdomen, the back wall, the side walls, the front wall, the organs inside. Become aware of your rib cage moving with your breath gently, softly. Become aware of your shoulders. Observe your arms, your hands, forearms, upper arms. Notice your neck. Observe your head, your scalp. Is there any way to soften the muscles of your scalp, your eyes, your jaw? Now expand your awareness to observe your whole body together. Feel your body as one whole unit glowing in your mind's eye, sitting or moving in this space. And finally, rest your focus on the tip of your nose, feeling the pure sensation of your breath on the tip of your nose. As your mind and your focus wanders, Recognize that it's wandered and bring your attention back to the nose, observing the coolness of your inhale, the warmth of your exhale. Softly let go of this focus. Keeping the eyes closed, just become aware of how you feel now and gently blink your eyes open when you're ready. All right, thank you. Wow. Uh, I'm a lot more relaxed. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The power of just a, just a few minutes, right? It is. It is. Oh my goodness. Um, and yeah, if someone, um, was looking to just get a couple minutes like that, do you have any specific trainings, resources that you've created that someone can get those? Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a meditation uh, that you can have access to and it's it's free. I call it an inspiration meditation, but it's kind of similar to what we just did. And it would be a beautiful transition to also listen to while you're running because it taps into the energy of your body and it could be a beautiful practice either way. So I can offer you a link to that um, for you. It, it would be deeprootedbliss.com forward slash inspiration. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Um, and the, you know, the final, uh, you know, question we asked all our guests, it's kind of like the final stretch here. If you could change, you know, one thing about the misconception of meditation, what would that be? Mm, it would be that meditation is not only for Zen people. <laughs> that I think so often we look at meditation practitioners and we assume that you need to be Zen in order to meditate. I felt that way and I was very far from Zen. And then when we come to do it, we realize that those people that we see as Zen are merely Zen because they've meditated. They're, they, may, <laughs> they might have been just as worked up and tightly bound as we feel inside. And it's just a practice that 
that is really available to anyone with a human brain and the ability to think. Because as you just experienced, if you have the ability to notice your awareness and move it, then you have the ability to meditate. And just the, the learning process of a meditation is a little bit counterintuitive in that we start to immediately judge ourselves for thinking and and we worry that we're thinking too much in order to get the benefits of it. But when we realize that even when you're thinking, you're getting the benefits of it, and we realize that it's so much simpler than we think, then it becomes a beautiful practice to really help you connect to your own inner strength and your own inner wisdom and the truth, the, the desires that are present inside of you that might contradict with those mental stories. Like coming full circle about my story, I had the desire to run even though I had no evidence telling me that I could and a mental story telling me the absolute opposite of it. And this practice has the ability to help us believe in ourselves, no matter what those stories are, and, and untangle those stories. Oh, I love it. And I would agree because that, you know, in terms of misconception is exactly what I thought um, as well. And um, so this has been, and I, I love how you always talk about on your podcast as well, like being curious. And this has been something that I am becoming more and more curious and like looking to explore. So thank you for kind of honestly introducing me to this um, from myself listening to your show, but then also sharing this with our Healthy Runner community. And, you know, just if you guys are, um, you know, taking all this in just to kind of recap here, you know, Rebecca really shared with us how we can, you know, incorporate meditation into our training as runners. Um, and we talked about what meditation is, um, why is it good for runners? Um, so if you are one, you know, a skeptic still um, after today, and you're saying, you know, you don't really want to calm down that much, or just think about the performance benefits that you could have if you could focus a little bit more uh, during hard runs or during a race setting, right? And if you're able to tap into some of that. Um, and I know there has been, you know, we didn't get into this, but there is research, right? That shows like performance enhancing benefits. Um, and I think you would probably, you know, expect, I would imagine most elite runners at that level, they incorporate meditation into their training. So, why not us mere mortals as recreational runners, uh, you know, do the same? So, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be many runners who really resonated, you know, with your message here today, Rebecca. Um, enjoyed your meditation, loved your soothing voice. Um, you know, how can our Healthy Runner community uh, connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to just add one final thing, kind of piggybacking onto what you just shared, that this is how I got into meditation and got through the skepticism and the logical mind telling me all the things that it was saying is conduct your own experiment. Don't just listen to me blindly. Don't don't take my word for it or decide. Just take, take it as an experiment. Try it out. See what it's like because who knows? You could discover a new experience of, of joy and expansion in your own running practice. Uh, but the only way to find out is if you do so yourself. So the a way to find me is my my podcast, the Deeper Did Bliss podcast. The I'm on Instagram, Rebecca Doring Meditation, and uh, grab that free meditation, the inspiration meditation at www.deeprootedbliss.com forward slash inspiration.
Perfect. And I will certainly put all those links in the show notes. Um, yeah, this has been great. Uh, it's great to meet you, even though you're here in the state of uh, Connecticut. We're in the same region. Um, it's nice to meet you virtually. And hopefully um, at one point we'll meet in person um, as well. So thank you so much for your time uh, today. Thank you so much. This has been such a joy being on here. So grateful. Uh, yeah. Likewise. Um, and thank you to the listener, um, whether you're listening uh, during your run, watching the video version on the Spark Healthy Runner YouTube channel. Um, I appreciate all of you. And again, I'm wishing you and your families a very happy Thanksgiving. As always, runners, let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. So while working together, you know, in our, you know, program here, what were some of the things you noticed kind of like right away um, that were helping and work well for you? Yeah, I think it, and it's funny because we, you know, we started with sort of that restore phase and you said, we're going to do these, you know, these exercises specifically to, to start to heal the parts of you that are hurting. And I think it was fortunate that I had been in physical therapy before because I recognize, you know, we were doing the same exercises, but I recognized, okay this, this feels like nothing, but I know that it's doing something because I've gone, you know, through this sort of thing before. And, and, but I did still even have a little of that kind of, um, skepticism. I was like, really, like, this doesn't even involve all weight. Like, how is this, you know, my own, you know, total, not, not really knowing I'm like, how is this even helping me? I'm not even lifting something, you know, but it wasn't, it was so quickly that things began to feel better (laughs) that I thought, okay, you know, now I, now I can't be skeptical anymore because, you know, these sort of like humblers and my leg going up and down a wall, um, this is actually doing something, you know, cause I could, I just started to feel better and I, um, and it really did start to help quite quickly. And I think I began to see that despite that I had been, you know, lifting weights and I had done legs and leg day, you know, for a while, but I was doing things that were like, you always talk about very specific to running and those other things that I had doing while great great for my legs weren't necessarily running specific. And and I very quickly began to see that, wait a second, there is something to this. Thank you as always for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at Spark Healthy Runner. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner on Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Spark Healthy Runner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcast or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.